0: When Jesus heard of the death of John the Baptist, he withdrew from there in a boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd and he had compassion for them and cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, this is a deserted place and the hour is late. Send the crowds away so that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said to them, they need not go away. You give them something to eat. They replied, we have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. And he said, bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass and taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the crowds. And all ate and all were filled and they took up what was left over of the broken pieces, 12 baskets full. And those who ate were about 5,000 men, besides women and children. This is the good news, please be seated. The story of the feeding of the 5,000 is rich with meaning. The story is written to intentionally echo the Israelites' exodus from slavery into freedom and the way that they were fed in the wilderness. It shares multiple details with those accounts on purpose. And yet, it is also written to foreshadow Jesus' promises in the Last Supper, where he breaks bread, gives thanks, and then gives his own body away on the cross shortly afterward. And all of these meaningful connections are meant to point out that Jesus is the true Messiah who offers himself to save God's people. These are really important, exegetical, hermeneutical, theological, and any other big word points. And now I've made them, so I'd like to go in a totally different direction with this sermon, okay? Because if we put a pin in those really rich applications for a moment, and instead... Take the gospel and the Isaiah reading at face value. I can't help but wonder how they might be heard by someone who's experiencing hunger. From Isaiah 55, Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. You that have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money, without price. Can you imagine how that sounds to somebody surviving on SNAP benefits who can't afford the food their family needs? Or from Matthew, imagine hearing how Jesus can simply multiply food and then choose to give it away to everyone, no strings attached, no applications to fill out, no need to prove your hunger or prove that you deserve assistance, can you imagine? Or maybe you don't have to imagine. Last week, 11 of our high school youth, along with our amazing leader Delaney and myself, traveled to Milwaukee for a youth works trip, where all of our service work revolved around food insecurity. For those who might not know, food insecurity means that a person doesn't know where their next meal is coming from. With the Salvation Army, we packed over 3,000 meals for local children who needed daily lunches during the summer months when they can't get a meal at school. With Feeding America, we packed over 2,000 pounds of food into care boxes to be distributed to area pantries and handed out to local families experiencing hunger. With the all people's church community garden, we turned over dirt, weeded and harvested and helped sort and hand out fresh produce and other groceries to neighbors in need. And all along the way, as we were trained in what we were doing, we were reminded that hunger can happen to anyone, anyone. And that all who receive food support should be allowed to do so with dignity. To be reminded that they matter that they're seen, that there's no shame in needing help, and that they deserve to have their basic needs met. And so again, I wonder how any of those Milwaukee residents receiving food support might hear these texts. I wonder how our own neighbors in St. Louis and even here in West County experiencing hunger might hear those texts. This gospel is one of the stories that I used one of the nights on the trip to help us debrief our work for the day. I had chosen texts revolving around food, and because of our work that day, as I was sharing this story, not in my prep, just in that day, I noticed something I'd never caught before as I was reading the text. It says, when it was evening... The disciples came to Jesus and said, This is a deserted place. Send the crowds away so that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. This is a deserted place. What I've never thought of before was the fact that Jesus and his disciples and this crowd were in a food desert. If you're not familiar with the term, a food desert is an area that has limited access to affordable and nutritious food. Now granted, the people had followed Jesus out there into that place. It doesn't seem that they live there, but we don't know. But nonetheless, in that point of time, all of them were in a food desert at dinnertime. And what does the text tell us about the crowd? Jesus had compassion for them, compassion. Jesus cared deeply about this group, but he didn't care about them as some homogenous, faceless mob of 5,000 plus. He cared about each and every one of the very real people in front of him. He cared about their individual basic needs, about their hunger, about their dignity, He cared that they might not be able to get food for themselves in that place. He had compassion. And his compassion moved him to do something about it. But note the contrast of his response to the disciples. They were eager to send the crowds away, make them deal with the problem themselves. I suspect that the disciples knew exactly where their next meal was coming from. I assume it's the five loaves and the two fish. Their grocery shopping was done. They had their protein, they had some carbs, and they would go to bed with satisfied bellies. So they were ready. Let's move on and let those other people fend for themselves without regard of whether or not that was actually feasible. To the disciples, the crowd was just a crowd. And it wasn't their problem, everyone for themselves. No matter, Jesus, who proved that he can do anything, did something, and he could have solved that food crisis all on his own. Friends, he's Jesus, right? He's the one that performed the miracle. He's the one that blessed and multiplied the food. He was the one that the crowd was following around, and yet, what did he do? After he ensured that there was enough food for everyone, he gave it to the disciples and made them distribute it to the crowd. Now if Jesus is so miraculous, why not just be more effective and to have it just kind of like show up in front of each person, right? Like boom, you all have a sack lunch in front of you. No waiting necessary, everybody gets to eat right away. What was the point of that? Why not like finish the task, Jesus? Jesus was inviting his disciples into the compassion. He was inviting the disciples to participate in creating a solution. When I think about the disciples handing out the food, I wasn't there, I don't know how it went, but in my head I almost see like our communion line, how people come up and take their communion one at a time, and I imagine as the disciples were handing out this food, they were forced to look every single person in the eye. And suddenly that person in front of them wasn't just a nobody from the crowd, it was somebody with hunger in their eyes. It was somebody with a history, somebody with a family, somebody with value as a human being. And how do you think that experience changed the disciples' hearts? Jesus could have done all that work on his own, but what would the disciples have learned about their place Injustice work. One of the most important parts of leadership is inviting other people into the cause so that the spark catches fire and more leaders emerge. And Jesus was an amazing leader. If we fast forward after his death and resurrection and ascension, we see a vision of the church in Acts 2, a church where the disciples We're leading. It says, awe came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home. They ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. It seems to me Jesus instilled something really important in his disciples when he invited them to participate in caring about and problem solving on behalf of others. He certainly did the heavy lifting, but he asked them to trust to follow in his footsteps, seeing everyone around them as somebody worth caring for, and they clearly did, because suddenly by acts, the whole community is worthy of the mission. Well, friends, we too are part of that church. We have an invitation to keep the compassion and the work going. All these young people that you saw up here dancing in VBS spent the whole week immersed in compassion camp, with the theme, what every living thing needs. We are invited to remember that Jesus cares about our basic needs and sees things like nourishment as a human right, not a privilege. Jesus invites us to care about people and remember that they are people, not numbers or others or abstract ideas. Jesus invites us not to send people away to figure it out on their own, but to find ourselves inextricably bound together with them, to join in the work of finding solutions for very complex problems, even if those problems don't affect us directly and even if we will never ever see the fullness of justice come to fruition in our lifetime. Jesus invites us. He asks us to trust him, to follow him where the hurt is until all have what they need for abundant life. And the good news is, Even if we aren't the one experiencing hunger today, there will always be need in our lives. We too will find ourselves hungering for compassion and care in some way. And if we're all following Jesus around to help support those in need, guess what? We will find ourselves on the receiving end of that support too. Someday we will be the disciples. Someday we will be the hungry crowd on the grass. Either way, we are invited. Jesus has his eyes on us with kindness and compassion and a promise that we are seen and we are loved. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? God of abundance, God of creation, you have set this earth in motion and filled it with enough food for everyone. The problem is not your earth, God. The problem is our distribution Thank you for filling us when we are hungry. Thank you for meeting our needs and making us daily bread. Help us once we are full to turn and pour out that abundance for all the world until all are fed. In Jesus' name, amen.